0: Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Roundtable podcast, where we interview experts who tackle the tough topics and share strategies and techniques that will help you start, build, and grow your real estate investing business. And now your host, Rob The House Guy.
1: Hey everyone, welcome. This is Rob the House Guy, the host of REI Roundtable. Now clearly, we've made some changes to a few things. One, we're not exactly doing the same format of every other week like we were for so long. And clearly, I'm not in the studio today. I'm actually in our house right now and I'm self-quarantining. Not because I'm ill, just because I'm responsible. And today we're going to be bringing you the webcast that Greg Clement, the founder of RealFlow, has put on. And he's going to be making a shift in things. Instead of doing the REI Roundtable every other week, we're going to be having a weekly webinar with Greg, with various guests on there, that's going to be giving up-to-date information. Now, today, we have Jeff Watson on there. He is a fantastic attorney, extremely knowledgeable, goes to Washington, gosh, almost more than some of the politicians do. And he knows everything about what's happening with the stimulus, with legislation, with the laws pertaining to landlords and tenants and foreclosures, and everything else. So let's stop wasting time, let's dive right into this, and let's hear Jeff and Greg give us some information on what's working in today's real estate market.
2: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining today. Really appreciate it. You're in store for a really, really great call. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and get it started. Um, Most of you guys don't know who I am and know who the other two are. So my name is Don Fowler. I'm the Chief Business Development Officer here at RealFlow. Uh, And really, thank you again for joining uh, this emergency call so normally we're going to have calls every Wednesday at 3 pm. so tomorrow uh, I've got a call at uh, with Jason medley Jason medley runs a group of top 400, 140 or so real estate investors and we're actually a part of that group uh, and he's going to cover an immediate action plan for real estate investors uh, both new and old large and small that you can really implement immediately. Uh, and I know it's gonna be incredibly productive. So I highly recommend you register for that call. That's on investorshift.com, S-H-I-F-T.com. And really that's a resource that we've put together uh, for our community. It's a one-stop shop. What we do is we take a look at all the news articles every day and we curate those articles and we tell them each article, we tell you what it's all about and why it's important for you as a real estate investor. So you can choose to read it or not, but we give you a nice little summary of it. We also have a really big resource page as well. uh, And I highly recommend that you you go through that. It's at the bottom of that page. We're actually gonna cover a couple of those things today on this call. Uh, so Greg, let me introduce you real quick. Not that you needed an introduction, but uh, Greg's my business partner at Real Flow and he's a great friend of mine. Uh, just really a really special human being inside and out. A great marketing mind, great business mind. But you know, really, he's taken a leadership role for this CARES Act, and uh, really, really appreciate that for sure. I know uh, our communities really, uh, really liked what we talked about last week, and now that we have some firm. Uh, things to talk about. We can really cover that in detail. And that's where Jeff Watson comes in. Jeff's also uh, a great friend of mine, and he's been a real estate investor uh, for many years. Uh, I've known Jeff for 15 years now. Uh, But he's a great uh, attorney as well, and he's so well-connected on the Hill. So having him as a resource is just fantastic. So so Greg, I, I really think it's just a good idea for you and Jeff just to jump right into this. So yeah. big picture, you want to cover the CARES Act and go through these like, step by step for our group today?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Don. Th- thanks for yeah. putting this call and, and, and webcast together. Um, so I think we definitely are going to talk about the CARES Act, and we definitely will talk about how real estate investors and agents, uh, you know, how they can benefit from, from the stimulus plan, which was passed, you know, late last week before we get into that i want to talk about one concept uh you know we did that we did that call one one week ago last wednesday we had a few thousand people on that call and it was really we got a lot of good feedback we 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 focused for maybe five minutes on the stimulus plan but for the majority of that call we talked about how real estate investors should be changing their business models and 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 we talked about opportunity and you know if you go go in the blogs and the forums, you'll see from a real estate investing perspective, you'll see a lot of talk about the numbers and how there's gonna be a massive increase in the opportunity to purchase real estate, even potentially at a discount over the next 12 to 18 months. And, and I don't disagree with that. What, what I disagree with is the way it's being framed and the way it's being perceived by the market. I believe that the opportunity is in the people, right? There's not Of course, there's going to be opportunity as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, but the opportunity is in the people. And and there's an idea I wanted to talk real quick because one idea that Jeff and I both talked about last week, which was being proactive in reaching out to your tenants. And there's a rent strike concept, which is gaining steam, especially in markets like San Francisco and New York, where people, renters of houses in offices are trying to rally together and basically band together and say hey we're not going to pay rent and, and, and uh, you know I, like like so so if we look at our two-party political system here in the US and, and, and I don't want to talk about politics but but we have this two-party system that's fundamentally broke there's there's no question it's broken and it's broken because it's always an us versus them mentality it's always one side talking about how bad the other side is and vice versa and i think now more than ever what this is showing me what this is showing us we as entrepreneurs we have an opportunity to take a leadership position here we have an opportunity there's no question the world changed the world changed almost overnight right we don't know exactly how this is going to impact business in a year in two years in six months right we don't know when we're coming out of quarantine exactly we do have a pretty good idea that life will get back to normal or what we're looking at is the new normal, but I think we have this very small window of time to as entrepreneurs make a real impact with how we want this new new world to evolve and so this idea we talked about just just as simple as a landlord, a property owner reaching out to a tenant and asking them if they need help so Jeff and I over the past couple of weeks we've both done this and we both, we were talking before this call on the, the impact, just the impact it's making with tenants, um, right? The, the empathy that we're showing is land, landlords, is property owners, just just pick, pick, picking up the phone or emailing or popping a text and just asking, hey, do you need help? And for the ones that need help, what both Jeff and I are doing and, uh, is we're simply allowing them to pay half of their rent for the next four months. So so this rent strike idea is pitting tenants against landlords. This rent strike idea is saying, don't pay your rent. Well, if you think strategically about that, if you're the tenant, you might have a little bit of short-term benefit, but what happens when the landlord, the property owner can't pay the mortgage or can't pay the property taxes or do the maintenance, you're, you're forgetting about that other person, that other human being on the other side of the equation here okay and, and and so rent strike, which is gaining steam in some of these markets I'm hoping or I'm hoping it do, does not I'm hoping that we as landlords property owners can preempt that and beat that beat them to the punch by reaching out to our tenants ahead of time and just basically asking for help directing them to calls like this this call we're doing right now we're recording it and it'll be available to you know to every entrepreneur that wants to to have this information curated synthesized, and deliver to them how they can benefit from the stimulus package, okay? But you you would be amazed at my small business clients that didn't even know how they're impacted through the legislation passed just late last week. So the combination of you being you being a guide, you being a mentor a little bit to them, and you giving them 50% off their rent for the next four months, okay? That, that gives them runway. That lets them see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, we could talk, for probably an hour about how they're responding to us, but it's extremely positive. Jeff, you've done the same thing. Is that right?
3: That is. I reached out to my tenants uh, 15 days ago, gave them written notification of it. And I'm in a position where I can do that. And not every landlord is, but the thing I want to make abundantly clear is just because you and I are cutting the rents in half doesn't mean that the rent is twice what it should be. It means that we're willing to take a loss for a yeah. short term to help somebody else out. And we're doing that we're doing that because we can do it. We can bear that loss. We can't do it forever, but we can do it for a short while because we've got in our, we have relationships or we have reserves or whatever we have to will let us do that. But it's a way of being a human being to other human beings. And like I said on the call we had last week, Greg, and you completely agreed with me, my assets are not the buildings. They're not the doors. They're the human beings behind the doors that I have relationships with. All my tenants have been there for a year plus. And they count on me to provide them with safe, affordable, decent housing. And I count on them to take care of the place and pay the rent and stay a long time. Right. But we're in it together. So right. if I can if I can bear some of their burden, if they can then help me by paying half the rent instead of none or all, then it it's a win-win where we're yeah. together, not divided. Because this rent strike di- di- is a corrosive cancer that can rip America apart and just have multiple domino effects tearing through our financial system.
0: Yeah, I think us being sensitive to the simple fact, you know. So in Medina County, I live in Medina County here in Ohio, and a friend of mine who I coach with, a good buddy of mine, his father passed away this past weekend and and from coronavirus, and it was the first person that I know per, personally that, that had passed away. Um, and, and you know, just thinking about the human element here, we're in the middle of it right now, right? We're in the second or third inning. The, the, this has got a long way to go and and what i think what you what what we want to do is 12 months from now when the new normal when life is back to normal we want to look back we want to be able to look in the mirror at ourselves and be proud of the person we 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 were during right now these tough decisions you mentioned it's going to be painful for us we're going to share the pain if we share the pain with our tenants um that's much better than one or both of us you know, experiencing the pain all by myself, went camping this summer. And um, I had my oldest son and my youngest son hop in a canoe. And my older son was not complaining that his little brother was gonna hop in the canoe with him, but uh, he 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 was complaining a little bit about having to take, having to, he thought to do the rowing, and the little guy was just, just gonna be along for the ride. Well, I, I, I said to my oldest, I said, you know, if you get a little hole in this canoe, when you're out in the middle of the lake, aren't you gonna want somebody else to help you th- throw the water out? And for him that clicked, okay, dad, that makes sense. So that's that's what we're doing r- right now by us proactively reaching out to our tenants. We are together solving the problem versus pitting us one on, on you know, each side. Um, so Jeff, let's. I think what we should do, because we have a whole bunch to talk about, a whole bunch of good, yeah. good information. Um,
3: We have a ton of stuff to talk about.
0: Yeah, so what what I would like you to do first, Jeff, is take a few minutes and explain the Paycheck Protection Act. Just explain it to everybody so they can understand what it is, how it works. Then we're gonna talk specifically about how real estate investors and agents can use it to help their businesses. So let's first start at the high level. What is it?
3: It is a brand new program that came into effect Friday, signed into law Friday evening. This this week, the Small Business Administration is creating the guidelines whereby banks can make loans to small businesses for the purpose of the business taking the borrowed funds and paying payroll to their employees, to their salaried owners to the independent contractors that work for them, or that they are an independent contractor, or that they are self employed, paying that payroll for the next two months to keep the economy moving while we're not able to work. The part there's two unique characteristics about this SBA loan that we've never seen before. And this is what makes this loan so new and so novel and so talked about is the qualifications for this loan are incredibly simple. They set the bar as low as possible because Congress clearly has the intent of getting this money out into the hands of entrepreneurs, business owners to meet payroll in the month of April. They want that in, they want that money out there
0: now. So second who, thing, who qualifies? Okay. Then no. so you don't just have to be an LLC or C corp. You can be self-employed. You can be the sole proprietor.
3: Yes. You can be self-employed. You can be a sole proprietor. You can have all sorts of background. I mean, if you're filing, if you're making and reporting income on a Schedule C, if you're getting 1099 income, if you're getting, if you own a company and you're paying yourself a paycheck, as if it's a corporation or an LLC, taxes a corporation. It applies to you if you're a pastor at a church and you're self-employed in the eyes of the IRS you're still eligible to borrow money if you're a nonprofit first time ever nonprofits could borrow money okay and it's for businesses small businesses 500 employees and less and I think that covers almost all the businesses that I know and work with 500 employees and less um, but here's what here's the second thing. And this is what really has a lot of people intrigued with this is if you use the money the right way in the eight weeks from when you receive the loan, that money is forgiven and does not have to be repaid, nor do you owe interest on the money for that period of time. Okay. I see this as a grant and that's why i am so excited about this because i see if you do this right it's a grant not a loan
0: right so they looked at so 47% of america works in small businesses so you said 500 employees or less that's that's half of and america works
3: 64% of the american gdp comes from small businesses
0: right right so 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 they they Marco Rubio, the Senator from Florida, was the one that sort of spearheaded this, or one of the, right, the Congressman that, that you know. You read the
3: bill, uh, his name's at the beginning, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so they did a calculation, and they looked at the total payroll for every small business in America, and it was something like $500 billion over a 10 or 12 week period. And that's how they came up with this $350 billion number. Now, Jeff, they did increase it to $367 billion. They added $17 billion in the program for anyone that has an existing SBA loan. Meaning, if you, if you know, if you have a current active SBA loan, right. then the SBA is going to make those payments for the next six months for you, which is pretty cool because it's not, it's not elongating, it's not forbearance agreement with the loan, like extending it. The SBA, the government's making those payments for you. So that's for anybody that, that, that has that. But, but, but back to how this applies to entrepreneurs, how do they, exactly how do they calculate the loan amounts? Because this seems like from a big picture perspective, I'm a small business, I'm self-employed, I can apply for a loan through this program, okay, which will be through banks. We are gonna talk, Jeff, about economic injury, disaster loans in a few moments. Which will be directly through, through the SBA. We'll give, you the, we'll give you the link for that, but let's put that over there for a second. Back to the paycheck protection program. I basically calculate my, my, my payroll, my one-month payroll, and let's say that's you know10,000 dollars, then I take 2.5 times that. So one month payroll, 10 grand? Times
3: 25. No, it's, it's, it's a little Go more ahead. complicated than that. It's a little more complicated than that. We may have a spreadsheet. Um, And Don, correct me if I'm wrong on this, we 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 have have a spreadsheet um, that is available to anybody that's listening to the call, but it helps them collect their payroll data on a month-by-month basis from the beginning of 2019 through today, March 31st of 2020. So it's really about 15 months. I want you to collect more than you need. But they collect it month by month, and then they're going to take a snapshot of the preceding 12 months before you apply, average that. There's a couple of ex- couple of extenuating things there, and take that average, well, let's, that let's monthly average.
0: Now, let, let, let's not be nebulous.
3: I will get there. What let I, me finish the basic so? calculation oh. first. Okay, before before I get into the exceptions, let okay. me tell you the rule. <laughs> keep going they take your average monthly payroll multiply at times which they call payroll cost multiply it times 2.5 and that becomes the loan amount okay so you can borrow two and a half times your average monthly payroll cost there are two exceptions to that payroll for any one individual in excess of eight thousand three hundred thirty three dollars and thirty three cents a month that portion in excess is excluded from the averaging calculation.
0: So 100 grand a year? Yes,
3: if If you're making more than 100 grand a
0: year, you only use 100. So if somebody makes $150,000 a year, you get credit up to 100, and then it stops, you don't get credit, okay? Right,
3: and our spreadsheet's built that way to where if you've got that, you put it into that particular line. So then the, uh, but what's really interesting, And I'm watching carefully to see how the banks do this. Um, Greg, the one lender information you shared earlier, we talked about PNC Bank, they look like they're getting it right. Huntington, I'm not so sure about, hopefully they catch up, but I got on the phone this morning with my good friend, John Heyer and double checked my reading of the code. Okay. Yeah. And he saw it the same way I did, which is you get to include in your payroll costs, the independent contractors that you 1099 for services that they did as an individual where if they're filing on a schedule c you get to include them okay that's a big and deal that particularly is category bb under the definition of payroll costs on about page 13 of the bill but anyhow not right. to be not to be too nerdy
0: so too late so, yeah so then payroll plus benefits retirement Uh, State and local taxes. You're gonna come up with this number with your banker. You have to go through a bank You have to go through a bank as of right now this call we believe this program is going to be available They're saying Friday of this week Right right, that right so so we don't we don't anticipate it might be on time It could be at the end of this week or early next week Hopefully this is available, but you're gonna have to go through a bank. You're gonna come up with your one-month payroll if you're self-employed, no employees, you can use yourself, Jeff. So So, mm-hmm. so, so we're, we're going to talk about a real estate investor and agent in a second, but just conceptually, you come up with this number, let's just say it's10,000 dollars a month, and 2. 5, that's 2.5, that's 25,000 dollars. I apply to receive this loan. They, they're telling us right now loan proceeds will be available uh, maybe the same day. There is no qualification for this loan. A typical SBA loan could take six, eight weeks to get approved. This is immediate. This I is think immediate it's more than that, loan, I guess, right? Because the SBA is guaranteeing 100% of it. Correct. Yeah, so the bank has right. no risk. The bank is making a
3: 5% spread on all these loans to the small business people. When you get to bigger dollar amounts, their spread goes down, but 5% for most everybody on the call, the bank's gonna make.
0: So there shouldn't be any underwriting the bank's not the bank is not making the decision whether you're you're credit worthy okay right they're not looking at your credit the SBA is is guaranteeing 100% of this okay so then let's say I get approved I do the calculation with my banker but that's why what Jeff is saying you want to have all this information together have it handy okay you talk to your banker you apply you get approved this $25,000 might be funded the same day and then Jeff Let's say let's say it's funded April 10th. Let's just throw a number out there. Let's say I get I get my money for, on April 10th. I then really I want to use this money. This money is earmarked to use for payroll, rent, mortgage interest, utilities. Those are the three or four big things you can use the money for. You want to use it during the next 8 weeks. So if I get it on April 10th, I want to use I want to use as much as I can of that money okay so now if you had other money coming in you just set that aside okay you want to use this money the next eight weeks and then that is hundred percent forgivable is that correct
3: that is correct so here's what we have to there's two there's two things everybody can do right now get your payroll records in order for the last year Last 14, 15 months. Get it, in re- get it in order. If you're an LLC taxed to the sub S, you should have your 941s available. You should know how much you are paying every month submitting it in. If you're self-employed, you should have your Schedule Cs done or ready to be filed, and you should know off of line 31 what your self-employment tax is. You should know these numbers. Get this stuff now. You should be able to gather up all of your 1099s. You should be able to gather up everything. That's the first thing you've got to do While, until the portals are open by the end of this week or early next week, whatever. The second thing you've got to do is begin now putting together the plan how you will precisely track how you use this money to pay the things you just talked about, Greg. You have to be able to prove that those proceeds went to payroll done in April, payroll done in May, rent for April rent for May, utilities in April, utilities in May, mortgage interest in April, mortgage interest in May, so that you can, within eight weeks, spend all of it or as much of it as possible, proving it went to those designated categories so that you can then go apply for it to be forgiven,
2: you don't have to repay it. Yeah, a couple other things too, Jeff, that that I saw is that it is first come, first serve. So you have to, my advice is get in line now, We have on our resource page, we have a list of the top banks uh, where you can go and apply, not apply, but you can get in line right now, today.
3: Yeah. I got in line at 1.30 in the morning Monday. (laughs) Okay. And I got an answer back from the SBA officer at my bank at 10 o'clock in the morning going, you're in line. We exactly. don't know when the door's open, but you're in line.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would recommend yeah. doing that right after this call. Get in line. The other thing is we're actually gonna send you that spreadsheet via email right after this call, so you can start filling that out and, and getting a good picture of, of what you're looking.
0: On the website, I think now's a good time to talk about, so we, we did have some questions. So you guys, I can't. I just tried to show my screen, so I think you guys are seeing us. You're not gonna yeah. be able to see my screen, but it's it's not that big of a deal. But investorshift.com, so, so investor, the word investor spelled out, I-N-D-E-S-T-T-O-R, shift, S-H-I-F-T.com, that will, that will go to a page, that's a real flow page that we've developed, and that's what Don is talking about. On that page, at the bottom of that page, there's a resources uh, link to a lot of the banks that do SBA loans. Don did a little bit of uh, due diligence there, the top you know, 100 banks that do SBA loans. Um, we're,
2: we're actively filling out the top 100, so there's not a 100 yet, but okay. there will be soon.
0: So Okay, good, good. Now, now Jeff, here's, here's, here's one thing that I think is pretty critical, pretty crazy. Normally when you forgive a loan, like if you loan someone money, the government's loaning you money and you forgive it, there's taxes that you have to pay on the forgiven amount. So if I'm a small business and I receive a $100,000 loan through this program and then I use it to meet my payroll, pay my rent, etc., cetera. And, and then they forgive it, right? Which means I don't have to pay it back anymore. It converts from a loan to a grant. That's the power of this thing here. When it converts to the grant and they forgive the debt, uh, they're also forgiving the taxes, right? I don't, there are no taxes.
3: There are no tax consequences on this forgiveness. So you will not be getting a 1099 C. Okay. Back in the old days, when Greg, when you and I did this on, we counseled how many homeowners that were in these types of transactions where they were having debt forgiven in a real estate transaction. I mean, we became geniuses of the 1099C rules and regs. Hey, I don't even have to look at them because the the statute's incredibly clear. It will not be included in gross income.
0: Okay. Right. When it says will not be, I'm done reading. Yeah. Right. So. So what does non-recourse mean? Not, non-recourse is the most beautiful thing in the world when it comes to receiving a loan to buy real estate. What does that mean? Because these are non-recourse. Forgivable,
3: non-recourse, forgivable, non-recourse. They're both yeah. beautiful things. you right, know. Right. Um, what that means is that if, God forbid, and I pray nobody listening to our voices would ever do this, but if, for God forbid, you default on this loan, the bank is going to be able to get made 100 percent whole by the sba and they're not going to come after you personally okay now i pray that everyone that is listening to us and learning from us and has the same heart that we have which is you're going to do these loans correctly you're going to be authentic in your certifications you're going to be able to prove that yes your business has been impacted by the coronavirus you have had lost earnings lost revenue and we'll get more into that too greg um and that you use these proceeds for the things you're supposed to use these loan proceeds for so that it can be forgiven so that it can be done correctly but if for some reason you decide to borrow the money and convert it into the 10 year amortization program at 4% interest if you if you if you Great. die before you pay it all back they can't come after your estate they can't come after you if you become disabled for that balance
0: so it is it is a loan it's it, the money will be given to you in the form of a loan correct you have to use it or you should be using it for the things we talked about again you, you should use it for payroll for the next eight weeks for mortgage rent and utilities if you use it for those things if you take take a loan of a hundred grand and you use $80,000 for those things, then you, you would have $80,000 forgiven and you would still owe $20,000 over a 10 year period at 3.75% interest, I think it is, or 4% interest. It's below um, four, the statute
3: was unclear, whatever the, whatever, it's, whatever the SBA sets. But here's the other thing, Greg, you have 10 years to pay it back, but the 10 year payback doesn't start until a year from now.
0: Right. Right. So they're, gonna, a, they're, gonna,
3: they're gonna defer payments
0: for a year. Right, right, right. But but the goal here is to now now you might be asking yourself the question, why would the government do do this? It's it's pretty simple. They're doing this because if if 47% of America works for small businesses and small businesses shut down, and many of them have have, have ceased operations due to coronavirus virus. That means there's, you know, if you have a business of, you know, you have a restaurant of 25 employees, those 25 employees are now on unemployment and the government is paying them through unemployment. They would rather pay the small business this amount so they can keep those 25 people employed for the next eight to 10 weeks, okay? And then that way there's continuity in that business operation because if you're a business and you shut down you fire everybody you, you lay everybody off there's that veil of trust is broken like these people like like again this is an us versus them mentality and I know some small businesses had to do it right but if you can by any way shape or form keep your team intact using this program that's what you want to do and that's what the government is encouraging right encouraging us to do but that's why they're doing it because they're gonna to have to pay for these benefits anyways. They'd rather do it through this program and keep businesses going so when we come out of this, we can pick up where we left off. Is that what, accurate? What happened?
3: Yeah. That is completely right, Greg. From an economic standpoint, if I can keep the engine of employment going with the payroll taxes and people earning money and spending and sales tax, that's the better that's the better route out. What were you gonna say, Don?
2: Yeah, what happens if you've already laid those people off? Can you bring them back on and then yes. still okay yes you can bring them back on and that actually may increase
3: the forgivability portion of your loan
2: yeah that's incredible
3: believe me this is where if you apply for one of these loans you better make sure that you got the same staff that you were included in your averaging your same team and keep them paid because otherwise you're 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 violating the purpose of the loan you're going counter to what really was the intent of Congress to do here you know
0: now Jeff, if you had 25 employees, let's just say, and in a minute we're going to talk about real estate investors and agents, but if you had 25 employees, let's say you you let you let some go, you can't get them back. They don't want to come back. So th- there is a little buffer in it. Hire somebody. Else. There's a little buffer, 20 to 25 percent of your payroll, um, right? So. so so it encourages you to hire all those people back, but you might not get everybody back, but you, you don't have to get 100% of everyone back, or you don't have to keep 100% of your employees on staff, you know, on the team to still get this be- benefit. Again, this is something to talk about. We're giving you, we're giving you the overview and a lot of the details, a lot of the minutia, but you're gonna wanna talk to your SBA banker, your bank about these things specifically, because you're gonna be signing the loan agreement even though it converts into a grant, um, it's still you know in agreement between you and the bank and the SBA. Um, right. let's let's talk about the average, you know, real estate investor. So we're see, we're talking about you know, the businesses that might have five employees or three or twenty-three. What if what if you're a small investor, you, you don't technically have any employees. You might have, let's say you have an administrative assistant, you have yourself. And in the last 12 months, you 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 did two or three two or three deals. You bought two or three houses. You rehabbed one house. You made fifty thousand dollars in profit from that deal. Jeff, you might have wholesaled another house. Let's say you made ten thousand dollars from that deal. And let's say you bought and held another house. Um, let's walk through how the average real estate investor what kind of benefit do they get? And if you have plumbers and Carpenters that you're hiring to do work on these houses. What can you include? What can you not? Um
3: okay, so let's do it this way. We got to. We're going to divide those real estate deals into two halves. Okay. Yeah. We're going to put the rentals over here, and we'll come back to them in a minute. But let's talk about the the flipper deals in and out in less than a year. Okay, you wholesaled it, or you buy you buy, bought, fits and fixed and sold. How did you report that income? Did you do it on a Schedule C? If you did it on a Schedule C, congratulations. You qualify to take the information off that Schedule C and go use it to apply for one of these loans. Did you do your flips, your fix and sells, your rehabs, your your flip, your, your wholesale deals? Did you do it in an LLC taxed as a sub-S corporation? Did you pay yourself a reasonable salary? Fantastic. Congratulations. You qualify. Okay, you can apply for one of these loans. Did you fail to report your income? You're a bad boy, you're a bad girl, you don't qualify. You didn't pay your taxes. You didn't report payroll taxes, you don't qualify. Did you lose money on those deals? then maybe the payroll protection loan isn't the thing for you maybe some of the enhanced unemployment is where to look that's one possibility maybe it's the disaster loan that you're going to talk about in a minute greg that's the other place to look okay the last thing to think about and this is for the investor that's probably got five or six rentals they might be in a partnership um, with the rentals if they're getting a k1 from that partnership return that has self-employment income reported on that K1 that should be included in their payroll costs when they're apply when that when that entity is applying for the loan okay let me give you one more you're going to say but Jeff I only have 3 rental properties that's all I have I have them all in my own name okay great <sighs> did you take some of the rental income and classify it as property management so that you could have money to put into a 401k or a roth ira that you would have reported on a schedule c
1: that
0: would qualify you for one of these loans okay okay good okay that covers most of the real estate investors agents i think are much simpler if you're a real estate agent commission income
3: qualifies correct? correct correct and you if you have commission income as an agent or a broker then you're going to be either self-employed on a schedule c or you're going to be with your own corporation your own llc taxes a corporation and you're going to go down that same path you know i'm thinking i'm thinking about a client of mine that you know michelle insane in clearwater beach florida m- makes works really hard, makes a good living. Okay. She's over the hundred K in all likelihood, but she's going to be eligible to take first hundred K of her salary of her commissions that she earned as a real estate agent and use that for her calculation for a payroll protection loan.
0: So Jeff, okay. It, the average agent, let's, let's say if an agent made half a million dollars in commissions, they, that extra 400,000 doesn't qualify. The first hundred thousand but the let's say let's does. say an agent who made a hundred thousand dollars in commissions, commission income, that equals out to about like eighty three hundred a month. You're saying um, it's about what twenty three thousand dollars or something, twenty two thousand dollars, somewhere in that range. So in that example, through this, so if you were have no other employees that for the whole year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's about twenty thousand dollars, give or take. No other employees. They apply for for the loan through a bank SBA lender. They would receive a loan for twenty thousand dollars, okay, whatever the number is. And then, as long as they could, they could take that money and pay themselves over the next couple of months, and then that's forgiven. That's correct. Yeah, right. That is so correct. It,
3: it, they would have yeah. to report that as income paid to themselves, pay the taxes on it. But yes, yeah.
1: Well, wait, wait,
0: yeah. wait a second. So, wait a second, Jeff. So, okay. So this loan is not taxable. So if I'm an agent or an investor, okay, I think we're getting into a gray area here. But I think I'm right with this. I think I'm right. I'm gonna put my CPA hat on right now, even though I'm not <laughs> quote, a CPA. I'm just, I just talk to a lot of them, or a lot of the time. But if I'm receiving, if I'm an agent or an investor and I made that 100K, I have no other employees, I apply for this loan, I get my 20 grand in a loan, I use it to pay myself over the next couple of months because my, let's say I have no other income. Jeff, if I have no other income, if I have no other commission income, now granted, if I'm still making commissions, if I'm still making commissions, that doesn't even matter though. Like if I'm still doing deals, I'll pay tax on that income but this income is a grant I would not pay tax on that now that's what I think you might disagree with that you might agree with that you should talk to your CPA for sure but I think well, that's how that works
2: it's a what good point think? to put a commercial in.
3: we've got John hire any
1: indication that says it's not taxable
3: what's that okay I've not seen any indication that says that the salaries paid with that with that borrowed money, salaries paid to employees because you would be treating yourself as an employee is exempt from payroll taxes and exempt from income taxes. I've not seen anything that says that. If you've got it, Greg, I'd be thrilled
0: to look at it. Correct. So I guess if you're paying it to employees, and this is guys, this is just Jeff and I just just spit. This is normal. So, <laughs> this is normal for, for us to do this. Um but but if I'm the one taking the loan out. So employees make sense. If I'm using it to pay my employees, well, let us let, not get hung up on this one. This is interesting. We're gonna find well, out the answer to this question.
2: Uh, we'll find out the answer to this question before then, and we can let the group know. No, but answer but, to this question in eight days when you, we're back on again. we took ever, my, my point, Jeff. accountant with us. Yeah, yeah. we got we got a right. uh, really John Heyer is a, a great accountant and, and uh, attorney. So that's in eight days from today, Wednesday at three, so.
0: Yeah. yeah. But Jeff, but Jeff, I had, you know, I so, I so I picked up the phone Friday and I called, I went through my cell phone and I was calling up some small business friends of mine, telling them about this program. And mo- most of them, you know, a couple, well, not one of them knew about this program. And I made at least two dozen phone calls. So, so let's say I called 25 friends one, well, I should say, one person knew about the program. They had no idea the details. The the rest were completely surprised. They had heard of the stimulus plan, but they really were just worried about their businesses. They're not focused on how it impacts, a small small business. So when I would describe the program to them, and then then they'd reach out to their banks. The text messages I got coming back were pretty were pretty amazing for sure. But one one of the people I talked to said to me, his business, he's a he's an electrician and his business, his business, he's still allowed to do essential work. So his his guys are still working, therefore he's still receiving income, he's still paying them. But a few of the jobs that he bid were paused because of coronavirus. So mentally he's like processing in his head, how can I, if I'm still running my company, because this makes sense for a restaurant that shut down, like. Like it makes sense, it makes complete sense that, that the government would wanna help that business would just shut down. The businesses that weren't just shut down, you know, every business is impacted, but they're not shut down. He's trying to think, you know, do I qualify? And I'm, I'm explaining to him, you need to talk to your banker. But yes, if, you're, or if your business is impacted by coronavirus, which if you're already receiving things, bids, jobs getting canceled, you might be fine right now Your business in the next three months might not really be financially impacted, but what about nine months from now? What about the end of the year? So I think from that perspective, we can't just think today. We have to think how it could be impacted long term. So this is for anybody on the call that has a business that that is still operational, but you're still wondering if this is for me, this this is for you. Yep. And the way I looked
3: at it for me, Greg, was as a result of the quarantine, I've lost five different speaking and networking opportunities i know how much i make per appearance on average so i know how much this has hit me on the bottom line for for 2020 and yeah maybe yeah. i'll get some of that back in the future maybe i won't but it's a big number it's a big number
0: yeah right, right. so again guys investor shift com will have all these resources there's going to be a Opt in in the upper right hand corner, which will allow you to do a couple of things if if you you know you can sign up for downloads and updates there's really not there's nothing to buy in this site. It's a resource site from realflow that 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 we put together, but there will be a calculator an excel spreadsheet that we built for you to help you calculate what your loan amount will be. okay Again, you can maybe send this spreadsheet to your banker along with the the, you know, with the materials, with the proof. With the and the index docs, that's yeah. Cal- calculate it. Jeff, Jeff took the time. I want to thank Jeff, too, for putting together the white paper, which is just very detailed, breaks down bullet point by bullet point, you know, all the benefits and regulations of this. Again, this is the CARES Act. This is the Paycheck Protection Program of the CARES Act that we're talking about. We're going to pivot in a second to economic injury disaster loans in a minute. Don, you, you look like you want to say something
2: yeah just one thing we're going to email that white paper as well for all the okay. attendees on this call so you're going to get that right after the call
0: okay good um jeff do you want to pivot to another program which is the economic injury cannot I, like like i want to talk talk about that for a moment okay. go right ahead greg you, know,
3: you know more about this one than i do
0: yeah, yeah. i it, joked with uh, for- Don that jeff, jeff and i know more about these programs than trump does and i wouldn't <laughs> doubt it honestly. <laughs> Because we know that we have to synthesize and curate this information, really get to the bottom of it at how it impacts real estate professionals. And we've done that. So Jeff, Jeff you know, I want to thank you again for helping for helping this past week. We probably put 30, 40 hours, you know, each into this, just getting prepared yeah. for this call. But
3: um, My team's been digging in on this. Um we have been that the white paper that's going after everybody, my team's probably got a dozen hours just in editing and organizing and yeah. the thoughts in that thing yeah
1: yeah
0: so what we just spent a half hour talking about is the the paycheck protection program of the stimulus package the cares act which was passed last week you have to go through a bank okay you go you work through any sba approved lender jeff said get your documents together i would if you right if you already have a relationship with the bank I would be calling them right right after this call and getting in line. Don is saying like first come first serve and that's exactly right. This loan program I believe is gonna be open through June 30th, I wanna say, but I wouldn't wait until May or June to apply for this. I would do it r- right now, as soon as it opens up. It's not open up currently. We expect it to be open for applications. Hopefully Friday or next week is what we're hearing right now and we're also expecting when you apply, it could be literally approval in a few hours and funding the same day. That's, that's what we're hearing. Uh, we don't know the answer to that question.
3: But Greg, to, to follow up on that point you made, if you're going to have the opportunity to use all eight weeks for the forgiveness portion for that, that term covered period, because that, that term covered period is defined two ways in the first 80 pages of the bill. Uh, that covered period is eight weeks, and that clock starts to run when the loan is originated, when you apply and right. get the money. Yep. To use all eight weeks, you must apply in the month of April to get that loan, because you've got to use May and June to do it. Does that make sense? I,
0: I think yes no? It, they might... Right. It might be the eight post weeks. So I get my check the next eight weeks. So we don't, I don't think we know that for sure. Jeff's saying that. I think he might be but, right. Um,
2: but I don't think it matters because you got to get in line today. So just get it done. Yeah. I think that's
0: the takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, this is, this, this, this loan is verified. There's no underwriting, but they'll verify. You can't lie. Like, like don't commit loan fraud and Please, make stuff yeah. up. Like, yeah. like have your real documents put, put, put together. Now, if you were in business, Jeff, if you weren't in business for 12 months, if you were only in let's say you started your real estate investing business in December of 19 and you did one deal or you, you know, in theory, let's say you funded your business and you started to pay an administrative assistant and you didn't even do a deal yet. You still have a business. You still have employees. You could still qualify for this loan.
3: As long as you were in business on February 15th of 2020 Yep. that's the, that's the important day that they look at were you in business on February 15th 2020 and so yesterday when I was talking to about 40,000 pastors I said folks just get out the church bulletin for the or February 16th which was a Sunday there's proof that you were in business okay yeah. so yeah um, But go to that example you talked about. So you did one deal in in December of 2019. You're still eligible. And how you fill out your Schedule C for that one deal in 2019 may well determine how much you qualify to borrow. So work with your accountant on how to fill out that Schedule C off that deal. Yeah
0: really it caught us in the middle of tax season a lot of us don't have our taxes done for 19 so correct yeah
1: okay there's
3: a little bit of work there's a there's a little bit of area there where people should consult with their tax professionals regarding 2019 in order to get this stuff together and apply as soon as possible
0: for these loans okay so what we're gonna do, we're gonna spend the next five minutes or so, eight minutes talking about the EIDL loans, explain what those are. Um, those are pretty powerful loan programs too. And then we're gonna spend some time answering questions. We got a ton of qu- questions. So so let's let's transition here r- real quick. So um, anytime there's a nat- natural disaster, FEMA gets involved, right? And the SBA has this, this disaster loan Program, which t- t- typically right, if you can think like mentally Hurricane Katrina, right? When it hit New Orleans, your 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 business and you have physical property that's wiped out, eliminated your business, your houses, um, what whatever, whatever you can apply for a loan through the disaster relief loan program. Okay, there there is a variation of that program called EIDL, so economic injury disaster. Lo- loan which means you don't have any physical damage but you have economic damage so what happened a few and this was the the bill they passed before the cares act probably a couple weeks ago now two weeks ago they increased funding yeah Yeah, they increased funding for these loans and these are loans these are direct loans which we're going to explain right now so basically a business and they've opened this up to all 50 states it was your governor of your state had to you know, get your state approved, and, and so you saw all of them sort of rat, ratcheting up, but but as of right now, I believe all 50 states are on there. So if you are a business, um, and and you don't have to be a corporation LLC, you still can be a sole proprietor, an independent contractor, you can be self-employed, okay? But here's, here's the cool thing about this loan program, it is a loan, it's up to two million dollars, and it's up to 30-year amortization. However, you, you do, what they want you to do is they want you to prove that you cannot get any credit elsewhere, that you can't go to a bank. With this program, they're willing to loan you money as like, like your credit, and this, there is underwriting in this, so they have to approve you. So they look at your income, and then that, that's how they're gonna decipher how much to loan you. And also the terms of the loan, not the interest rate, but the amortization, which can be up to 30 years. I mean, that's crazy. Um, You can use these loans for multiple purposes. You can use them to pay off real estate. You can use them to relocate your business. You can lose them for marketing. You can use them for a lot more things. Jeff, you cannot get both of these loans, the EIDL and then the Paycheck Protection loan and use them for the same purpose. The same I, business cannot borrow both. Well, is it the same, so so let me clarify this. Is it the same, I I was asking the tough questions. The same, so I was told the same business could borrow both, they couldn't use them for the same purpose. So we, we'll we get an answer to that one. If you don't immediately know the answer to that one, we'll find out.
3: I The way I read the bill, the way I read the statute was, you can apply for both of them, but if you get the one, it prevents you from getting the other.
0: Okay, okay. we'll if find out. If you get the
3: economic disaster one, then it prevents you from getting the payroll protection. That's the way I read the bill, okay? okay. But once again, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say I could be wrong, okay? Don,
0: make note, note of that. We gotta find out the answer okay. to that question.
3: Here's the yeah. interesting- You have to make note that I'm saying on in public, in front yeah. of thousands of people that I may be wrong.
0: Well, that's happened before a lot, Jeff, so so we're oh, fine. Oh, yeah, in your dreams, so listen,
1: Greg, in your dreams. Listen,
0: this, the interesting thing about the EIDL program, the, the Disaster Loan Program, is that if you need immediate income up to $10,000 during the application process, you do not go through banks with this one. This is a direct link, and we're going to have the link, if we don't already, on our website, investorshift.com, or you can just Google uh, you know, coronavirus disaster relief loan. Go ahead, Doug.
2: The the actual, I'm on the site, it's covid19relief.sba.gov, covid19relief.sba.gov.
0: And we'll get a link to that on our site, too. But essentially, how you do this, I, right here, the application process takes a few hours. It's more like an application. It's, it's, you have to basically, but you don't need to have an LLC or C Corp or S Corp. designed for smaller businesses self-employed individuals when you apply you can select that you need so it takes so we're not sure how long it's gonna take to get approved could take a few weeks a week or or whatever but you can get immediate assistance up to $10,000 in immediate assistance where if your loan is declined you do not have to pay the $10,000 back so if I'm a small business. Jeff, we were just talking about this. If I'm a small business real estate investor, and let's say I that let's say the CARES Act doesn't work for me, like my payroll or if, for okay. whatever reason, if it I'm, doesn't if work I'm for a landlord,
3: me. I have no self-employment income, I have no payroll, but now because of 60% of my tenants have been laid off and they can't pay or they can only pay a part, this is a perfect loan for that person
0: yeah i or it could be one tenant it could be you own one house it could be it could be in theory it could be somebody um, who just started a business again before february 15th 2020 coronavirus virus has impacted them they can select this $10,000 immediate assistance option and they're supposed to receive that within a few days okay whether or not their loan is approved or not which is a pretty big big deal which is
3: assistance so so let me let me be the lawyer here now, okay? Uh, you and I've looked at that page and you have to self-certify yes, the accuracy of the information under penalty of perjury. And we're borrowing money from the federal government signing an affidavit saying everything we're putting in there is true to the best of our knowledge. Correct? Because if you're going to BS your way through this, because you think you're going to scam a quick 10 grand from Uncle Sam. No. Make sure you look good in orange and you get tough before
0: you go to prison. Right. (laughs) Right. No, this is legit businesses, but I just wanted to make the distinction. There are so many people out there who've yet to form an LLC or, you know, but they, they have a business. Yeah. They're investing in things they've invested in, 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 whether it's stuff, physical things, or information or coaching, um, th- there are a lot of these situations out there for no. for sure. And now, Greg,
3: I'm going to throw you a curveball because I just this just came to me as we're talking, consistent with how we talked about reaching out to your tenants yep. and communicating with them. For those of you that are flippers, for those of you that use contractors you know, handyman, one, one guy in a truck that's really good at doing whatever, that guy has got another option. They can also look at the expanded unemployment eligibility. For the first time ever, they may be eligible for unemployment benefits under this same CARES Act. Right. So They need to look at that as well too. So folks, urge the handyman, the contractors, the painters, the drywallers, the electricians, that work in your businesses, to check that out as well. Okay. Don, they may even live in hand to mouth. They may not have much going on, but they still may, unemployment may pay them more than than either of these other loans.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. That's good advice. Greg, going back to your EIDL point, let's say I'm a, a new investor. I invested in you know some education. I've got my expenses and, I'm trying to buy my first house. Can I apply with that to, to get that 10 grand uh, if I'm declined on the loan? Is that, is that possible that I'm just starting out and I you know, I, I haven't done a deal yet?
0: Jeff, Jeff, what are your thoughts? So what are your thoughts about that? So,
3: so, So in that situation, I don't know how they can certify that they've lost income. Do you know what I mean? Now, let's turn it around. Let's turn it around. Let's say that they had a deal that was ready to close at the closing table or the day before closing, all of a sudden the funder for the buyer pulls out. Now I think they've got a documentable economic loss.
2: Okay. Okay? What about the person who's got their first deal? They're rehabbing it right now and everything comes to a screeching halt. That's a no brainer. Is that right? It's a
3: no, it may be a no-brainer. It depends upon can they keep the job site running because I've got contractors working on roofs today, okay?
0: Okay.
3: So if they can keep the job site running, they may not have lost anything. They may not have had an economic loss yet.
0: Right. Understood. Okay. Guys, let's jump into questions. We have, I don't even know, it's not numbered, but hundreds it looks like. So I'm going to try to do my best again to consolidate the ones lump them together Um, a lot of questions are are these calls recorded yes we record these calls and we're going to make them available if or if you're on this call you had to you had to enter your email um so make sure after this call we're going to send everyone an email in the next hour we're going to send everyone an email that registered for this call with a lot of resources on it and a link to investorshift.com that is the free resource that we at RealFlow have built over the past 10 days or so. Again, thanks to Don and the team at RealFlow, Melissa, Tracy, um, you know, a lot of work is going into curating and synthesizing information. There's so much information out there. What we're trying to do is pick the information that applies to real estate professionals, investors and agents. And then we're trying to relay and give you guys that information on how your business is impacted. Again, we're telling you to take a leadership position here in your communities, with your tenants, with your businesses. We're, we're telling you to take a leadership position with your kids, how many, how many of us have kids whose mental states are are so different right now because of isolation and they can't hang, hang out with their friends, and, and how many kids are worried about the mental states of their parents because we're, we're, we're freaking out about paying the bills. So, so that is contagious. How you're handling this is contagious. If you're handling this with stress and a lot of emotion, negative and baggage and, and even depression, You got to realize you got to drop that stuff you got to drop that stuff you got to be proud of yourself how you're handling this as a human being realize we're all in this together rich or poor fat skinny ugly right if you're good looking like jeff um obviously don i pointed to you when i said ugly but but um we're we're all in this together so that that should be a comforting thought and we're all going to come out of this together i think that's that that's the important thing to remember here um so so, again, investorshift.com. Um, Greg,
2: I'm going to give you a break so you can read the questions. I, I've got a question that was emailed in uh, yeah, after our ahead. last call. So, that way you can take a, a quick second. So, Jeff, we talked on the last call about the 401k and uh, being able to take out $99,999 of that 401k. Can you do that? So, the, a lot of the questions came in. There was like three or four. Uh, can you do it on a solo 401k? Uh, is that is that a... Is that acceptable? To my knowledge, the answer is yes. And I'm glad
3: you brought that up because on the last call, I gave the wrong answer when somebody asked me something about this. I want to go back and repeat the question from a week ago, admit I got that one wrong and give the correct answer because I don't want anybody else out there to do this the wrong way. There's
2: there's a first for everything. Go ahead.
3: (laughs) You guys killing me. So (laughs) if you have multiple accounts, if you have multiple IRAs, and you have say $40,000 in three different IRAs, can you take 30,000 out of each one of the three IRAs? I incorrectly answered that. The answer is you can take it out of one IRA. Uh Only because the rule says you can take take one of these distributions from an IRA per year, one account per year. So now here's the trick, and John Heyer and I were talking about this before, because with a 401k, that's got some substance to it, you can do both, take $100,000 out with repaying it in three years and you can borrow from the 401k and pay it back over time. You can do both of those, but you need to do the order correctly. You need to borrow first so you have a larger amount to calculate a bigger loan balance that you can borrow out and then take the $100,000 out second. That was John's idea, brilliant strategy, thought I'd share it giving him credit for it. So yes, you can do that with 401ks and IRAs, but you can do it with just one account. Is there a maximum you have, you can borrow? The, this statute raises the amount that you can borrow. The amount you can borrow is a percentage of the value of the account. Okay. And I don't remember what it raised it up to. I think it raised it in excess of over 50% of the account balance. I think it raised yeah, it up it, to where you can borrow, hmm. Uh, my gut's saying over 60% now, but I I read it once and I've read something else a hundred times
2: since then. So. Yeah, and for the people that weren't on the call last week, uh, you can do whatever you want with that money. You just have to repay it back in, inside of three years. And the profits you earn on it are taxable. Correct. They are taxable, yes.
0: Okay. Yep. All right, Greg. So, okay. <clears throat> so, we're getting questions about IRA stuff. You guys just covered a lot. A lot of that. Um, we talked today about two basic programs. We talked about the CARES Act and the Paycheck Protec- Protection Program. You will get a link from us, but you can Google Paycheck Protection Program for that loan. That is the loan that becomes forgivable that, that, that the SBA wants you to use for payroll, rent, mortgage interest, and utilities. So if you're a small business, Uh, That is designed to help that small business stay in business and keep people employed. That's what that, hence the name, Paycheck Protection Program. $350 billion allocated to that. So they're going to give this money away pretty quickly. Within the next couple months, you want to get to the front of the line, talk to your SBA lender now, or or, I mean, if you do a Google search, SBA lender, PNC, we use PNC Bank, but Chase Bank, Huntington, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all the big banks. so that's that. The second thing we talked about was economic injury disaster loan, E I D L. And that is a pure loan. You have to get approved for that loan. You do not do that through a bank. You do that directly through through the, the SBA's website. There's the process takes a couple of hours. Um, two hours, it even says on the website, two and a half hours on mm-hmm. average to fill this out. But you answer questions and you upload documents and and That is more of a straight loan from the SBA. Okay. While you're applying for that loan, you can there's a an option to to get $10,000 almost immediately, within a few days. Okay. To help your business stay in business. Okay. And 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 basically, you get that money. If you're declined for that loan, it's our belief that that $10,000 does not have to be paid back. It's that that turns into a grant. Grant, it's our belief. Um, uh, if you get approved for that loan, that that loan program is up to two million dollars, based on your ability to repay, based upon your economic uh, uh, injury, and then your ability to repay. That could be as long as 30-year amortization. So that's a pretty powerful loan program in and of itself. We only spent the last few minutes talking about it, but pretty powerful for sure. Um, so, so. So some questions, Jeff. Like under the CARES Act, if they do not have employees, what 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 if they pay subcontractors? So, ten ninety nine.
1: Yes. Okay. Okay.
3: So the question is this. I'm going to to answer it. I'm going to I'm going to make an assumption that they're paying themselves some profit as and they're paying self-employment tax on it and the work is being done by individuals that they 1099. You can take both the information of the 1099s that you paid to these individuals as well as your own self-employment earnings and put it into the calculator to determine what your loan amount is because you can use both of them to submit for the loan, okay? If you look at the definition of payroll costs at the beginning of this section of the code, It clearly says, and before it moves into monies paid to individuals via 1099. So yeah, they can do that.
0: And again, your bank, your SBA lender, your banker will tell you what your loan amount is essentially. You're, You're gonna furnish them. We're giving you a calculator to help you, but this is like doing the legwork. You're gonna have the documentation, then you're gonna talk to your banker. So you know how when, 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 when you apply for a loan and you don't have everything ready, your, your, your folder goes on, goes, goes on this pile, like not, not organized pile, and then they take care of everyone else, right? So you want to be organized. You want to be efficient, have everything re- ready so you can have a conversation with your banker when they open this up on Friday or next week, and they say, yeah, you're eligible for $42,618. And oh, wow, uh, it funded in your account later that day. Right? And then you wanna use that money from that moment for the next eight weeks, payroll, rent, interest on mortgages and utilities, okay? And then that will be forgiven if you use it all in the next eight weeks. Um, so Jeff, what about people that have multiple companies? I'm getting questions like, hey, they, they have, maybe they're a dentist or maybe they have, uh, you know, right, this guy's an automobile dealership, plus he's a real estate investor. Um, okay this this could apply to both
3: businesses those are two separate businesses the automobile automobile dealership probably has a greater payroll than the real estate investing business they can both make make applications for loans because they both have their own separate payroll their own separate books their own separate taxpayer identification number this own they're filing their own separate 940 ones etc yes apply under both of them okay. if they've had a loss if they've if they can prove that hey i've had an economic harm as a result of COVID 19 quarantine
0: so this we have about 10 questions that are from landlords who call themselves self-employed or sole proprietors who have rental property yeah, some of their renters are not paying full rent um they do not have schedule c income would it be a best to apply for the EI, so EIDL loan um, in that case?
3: Let me speak to that. Um, yes, but before you do, get from each tenant that cannot pay written documentation from the tenant saying, I can't pay because of COVID-19 costing me my job. I work as a yeah. bartender. I work as a waitress. I work as a busboy. I work whatever. You know, I got shut down. Get that documentation from the tenants so that you can show how your rent roll went from up here to down here. And that's the connection why. Then, yeah, you've got it. Go ahead and apply that way. That's what I would do.
0: Good. So, that's a great answer. People over profits. Again, people over profits. I think now is the time to do, you know, do the right thing. Jeff mentioned, don't be that guy last week. You know, you don't wanna be that guy. I mean, and, and quite frankly, really can't evict people, right? Foreclosure proceedings, evictions have basically stopped uh, for the time being, being across the country. Um, but but you you, you wanna be working with them. So this half off rent for four months, we believe is probably the best solution you can bring to the marketplace right now to still keep them paying but at a highly reduced rate. Give them runway the next four months, we'll give them a light at the end of the tunnel so their kids, when they look at dad or mom, they're not so stressed out. I mean, you, like, like, let's be honest, you, you could be saving yes, somebody from committing suicide. I, I'm not even being dramatic here, but, but money problems affect people very powerfully and if you can be a sense of relief if you can be this light in the darkness to them that is a big freaking deal i would not you know underestimate that by by, by any means um
3: I, I greg i completely agree and you know we're not saying cut the rent by half because we're charging twice as much as we should be no we're saying we're going to take some pain i'm personally taking yeah. pain for the next 4 months you're personally taking pain for the next four months because yeah. we value our tenants. Right. We value the, them as people. We value
0: those relationships and we want to maintain those relationships for years to come. Right. Yeah, 100% right. Jeff, Jeff, what about Airbnbs? We have quite a few questions about Airbnb investors, people who obviously Airbnb, you know, the bottom fell out of that market because people can't really... They shouldn't be traveling. Um, can they get mortgage help? So I'm going to answer this question from my perspective. And then something that we haven't even talked about is if you own a lot of real estate, um, you know, we have a big property here in Ohio that that I was surprised. My banker called me yesterday and asked me the question, hey, are you going to want to defer payments for 90 days on this? And it struck me and right, caught me off guard because they're, they're reaching out to me asking me, if I wanted to, to defer payments. I said, hey, I haven't talked to Tim, my, my my CFO, but but let me call him and let me call call you back. So, so I think the great news here is banks are flush with cash right now. Um, they are there to help. They know everybody's in this together. So I bet if you get on the phone with any of your mortgagers and ask for a little bit of assistance in paying the mortgage, getting a few months off, I bet you'll have a lot of success there for certain. Um, I know that again the SBA at the beginning of the call if you have any SBA loan that you originated 10 years ago, three years ago, two years ago that will be paid by the SBA for the next six months. I would reach out to your servicer or your bank and tell them you know ask them but again I, I just got an email today telling me that the SBA was paying one of our SBA loans for the next six months And so that's a huge benefit. I mean, that's, you know, in this loan, it's $5,000 a month almost. Um, That's significant. So, Jeff, back to Airbnbs. How? how
3: Airbnbs, this is a really interesting question. Um, If they've been in the Airbnb business for a while, they should have a couple of years of tax returns. I pray they've got at least one year of tax returns because Airbnb is not rental income in many instances. It's ordinary income. And so it should be showing up on a Schedule C. So then they've got to take a look at it and say, okay, what was I making? Because I'm in there providing these services, it's taxed as ordinary income so often, unless it's for a long stay Airbnb. But I don't want to get buried in those details. They should have a Schedule C and they should be able to say, okay, this is what my self-employment income is. This is what it's cratered down to. I'm going to go do a payroll protection loan. If they haven't been in the business long enough to have a tax return done yet, then I would be looking over at the economic disaster loan. The EIDL, I believe, is what it is, Greg. You correct me if I'm wrong. I'd be looking there because if you can show I had full bookings and then I got everything canceled, that's the definition of provable disaster. That's where they should go. Um, The last thing is this. Residential consumer borrowers on their mortgages will have an easier time when this is not across the board, I've already heard that some banks are still clueless, okay, about this, and some banks have got it figured out. Um, I'm actually going to say something positive about Wells Fargo. I heard today that Wells Fargo is actually ahead of the curve on telling their consumer borrowers that, they're, that, that they can work with them. Okay. Um, congratulations to the current administration for getting Wells Fargo to the table on that. Okay. I could go into a long story about that but I won't Um, so consumer borrowers you're gonna have to work on your banks commercial borrowers business borrowers Airbnb borrowers you're gonna have to put together a package you're gonna need to be ready to use to try and work out an arrangement a loss mitigation arrangement with that bank will they do it I'm reasonably certain they will. The conversations are going on right now on Capitol Hill about that very topic, okay? Right. I've had calls today that tell me that, okay? As soon as we're done here, I got to get on the phone with my people in DC about tomorrow, okay? So Jeff, yeah, that's, I've, heard,
0: that's I've heard you not, right? So I've talked to a few people today actually, along with my banker who called me yesterday, commercial lenders are just call them up, you know, before you spend any time with package. I mean, they know what's going on. So they, they I believe they have authorization just to say, yeah, let's, let's just extend this for 90 days. Boom. Okay. And that doesn't yeah, mean
1: you're I not going to have the money. The
0: case.
3: I pray that's the case, but what I have seen that absolutely frustrates me is one of my friends, hundred percent disabled combat veteran has been getting the runaround on his VA loan for a week now yeah you know his spouse yeah. she had a she's had a 33 loss in income okay yeah. and they're yeah. still getting the yeah. runaround I'm going I'm going come on if there's anybody if there's anybody that should be getting this act together it's the guy servicing the VA loans they should know this stuff faster
0: and better yeah. Okay. Next next week. I want to so I'm going to go back to questions in, in a second next Wednesday's call We have a call tomorrow with Jason Medley 3 p.m. If you guys aren't registered for that You should be but next Wednesday then Jeff and I are back on uh, With Don and potentially John hire is that right John hires is the, the there are three or four big tax benefits that the stimulus act has um, built into it. That is that, that for any active real estate investors, you're going to want to be on the call next Wednesday because we're going to talk about, you know, all that stuff. And, and there's a lot there. We didn't want to commingle the calls. Wanted to keep this call focused, but
3: oh, completely. Yeah. Cause, cause Greg, today's call is about what you need to do right now. Exactly. What well, we're going to talk about what, what you guys are going to cover with Jason Medley tomorrow. And I won't be able to be able to make that call. Is more of what you can be doing over the next few months. What we're going to talk about with John Heyer Wednesday of next week is how to use these tax benefits built in the CARES Act for the remainder of this year yeah. that may go back and affect your tax return for 2018 or 2019. Glory, hallelujah. Um, you know, so yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: So we have we we have many questions. Just scrolling the questions, a lot of questions. Just on um, like, hey, you know, if I own a property and I was trying to rent it out before, so so somebody's in business, they have a rental property, they were trying to rent it out before, and it was not rented, and then the the coronavirus threw a wrench in their plans because because obviously they can't show it, they can't rent it. You know, are they impacted? And I would say absolutely, they're they're impacted, and and. And so again, it depends how much are you financially impacted. That's going to depend on either your which loan pro- program you go after. We are going to figure out if you can uh, qualify for both and, and how that works. So look look for an email for us you know hopefully tomorrow on that because I think that, that that's an important one. My belief is that you actually can get an EIDL and use it for this and you can also qualify for, um, you know, the, the CARES Act, you know, I could be wrong, Jeff thinks I'm wrong, we're sort of, but neither one of us are 100% right now. Um,
3: I so, mean, Greg, Greg, let's let's put this into perspective for everybody listening to the call, okay? You and I are talking on March 31st in the afternoon about legislation that was enacted last Friday night. Right.
1: right.
3: Okay. So right. please folks do not think that we've got all the answers just because I've spent 30 hours reading this thing doesn't mean I have it all memorized and figured out yet. Okay. Yeah. This is an ongoing process. So that's why we're coming back tomorrow. We're coming back next week. We're coming back the week after that because we're all in this together
0: for the long haul. Right. Absolutely. So if somebody, we have a few questions on somebody, who have rentals again, but have not necessarily experienced economic loss yet. I would be reaching out to your tenants. I, like, this is what we're talking about. Pick up the yeah. and call them and, and ask them if if, if they're going to be all right. If they tell you verbally or via email or via text message, no, my husband lost his job or my wife, you know, right, went on unemployment. We're not going to be able to make the, you know, we're scared because that's the message you're likely to get back. Not, hey, I want you to cut my rent. Like they're going to be scared and afraid. Fear, fear is the dominating thought in people's minds right now. So you're going to be the great equalizer when you come with prudence and, and, and leadership here. Um, yep. And don't underestimate.
3: And I'm going to tell you this. If you're the if you have the ability to leave a voicemail for your tenant, they'll probably want you to leave a voicemail because it's, hey, tomorrow the rent's due and they're going to be worried. So leave them the message today. Text them if you can text them, email if you can email them, send them a letter if you got to send them a letter, depends on what your relationships are and so on. I can tell you that when my on site manager delivered the news, we had nothing but tremendous happiness, approval, everything from, man, he's a chill dude, to thank you so much. I'm so glad that we're working together, all sorts of positive reactions. I even had two tenants that were paid ahead. That we said, hey, we're giving you back half the month you paid ahead on. Yeah, it's awesome. Just to be that stand-up
0: individual. Yeah. The the so the Paycheck Protection Program was designed to help people keep people on payroll, including themselves, including self-employed sole proprietors. So so the, these are more cut and dry cases. Like, were you in business before February fifteenth? What was your payroll? your Schedule C income, your 1099 income, again, we'll send the calculator out, you put the numbers in there, that will tell you, and then you'll work with your SBA rep to figure out the loan amounts, okay? There's, a, there's, it's more nebulous, it's a little grayer when it comes to the EIDL loan, because, because, like, you know, if you don't have employees, or, or, you know, um, right, you didn't, like, right, if you started a business, like, like, if you open up a restaurant on January 1st of this year, and you were only open for you know two two months before you know the world changed and when you had to shut down, pe- people can mentally get their, their arms around that and you can show how you're gonna have economic loss. The same thing if you're a real estate investor agent. If you just started your business and you can prove that you just start, started your business, you will be assigned with the EIDL loan. You're very likely gonna have a loan counselor through the SBA, so somebody's gonna call you up. And as, as long as you answer your questions honestly, and you're doing things ethically and morally, uh, right? You're not throwing things in there that you hope can get approved. You want to be straight up with them. You want to communicate your situation with them. They're gonna tell you what the loan amount is. It's not a program like, hey, give me my two million bucks, right? The SBA is not stupid. They're not just gonna give two million dollar loans to everyone. And this is a loan you will have to qualify for. But the terms are incredible, right? Under 4% interest, long amortizations. You can use it to refinance things, move your business, grow your business, et cetera. So so it's a very good loan program, but work with your counselor then. Um Jeff, a couple more questions. We yeah. we have a ton of them.
3: Okay. So um, while you while you look at them and synthesize them, let me let me make this comment because apparently uh, yeah. the internet is giving Don Fowler some fits. Um, okay. folks, you heard me say just a few minutes ago that Greg and I are dissecting and going through a complex law on Tuesday afternoon that was signed into law and passed by the House of Representatives on Friday. Okay? So we've got Sunday, Saturday, Monday. We're 4 days later, okay? So this is this is how fresh it is. Don't expect everybody to know what you now know listening to our calls, okay? You're going to know more than most everybody else, okay? I swear Greg and I probably know this code section better than almost even the SBA right now. But here's what you can be the master of. You can be the master of your own financial preparedness and readiness for documentation. You completely control that. So if you're in doubt, gather it and designate what it is. If you're not sure if this applies or that applies, put it together, have it available. The spreadsheet that we're putting out to you is a powerful tool please use it it's a good guide to how you organize things Don it's great having you back but use that because folks this is what you can control right now I can't control when the SBA issues guidance I can't control when the banks may open up the online portals but I can tell you to control gathering your financial records if you haven't figured it out yet by listening to Greg you realize that Greg and we run real flow where we know the numbers to the day that's why you've got to be good with your numbers and if you've been behind use this time at home to catch up with your numbers
0: and Jeff I think you genuinely you genuinely got excited communicating that message to people you you admittedly nerd out a couple times on every call that was one of them because I couldn't get excited about getting loan loan documents in order, but you definitely did, which is, which is awesome. Well, but you, you know, gotta be ready. Gotta
1: so, be let me, ready.
3: so if you let me indulge me this one. Okay. So yesterday I'm in the car driving right. back from Chick-fil-A for those of you that know me, you're not surprised. I'm in the car driving back from Chick-fil-A talking to my assistant about the documents we're put. We've got that. She's already got assembled for, for when we're going to apply and we're And I'm like, if you look at page such and such of the act, online such and such, it says this. And she's right. like looking it up and goes, Yeah, you're right. It's been a while since you've done that to me. But yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, how'd you know, yeah. know that? No, and <laughs> and I appreciate your your nerding out on this stuff for sure. It's it's gonna make, I know it's gonna make a big impact on our users, our community for sure. Um, can a couple questions? Can people apply for unemployment and the CARES Act?
1: How
3: can you you seek unemployment benefits for not being able to work when you're borrowing money to continue making payroll? Right. The two are this
0: way. You pick one or the other. The CARES Act was invented to keep people off of unemployment. Think of it that way. That's that's why they did it. This portion of the CARES Act
3: was exactly for that reason, Greg, yes
0: if you're a business this is one of the first times in history where the government is actually giving you potentially free money and grant money to keep running your business now all businesses were impacted some more than others my heart goes out to restaurants you know we have we have the farm here we have mapleside and and we we've had to shut down and and you know hundred percent of our income we do concerts weddings festivals uh, we we were we had an Easter bunny pancake bre- breakfast for uh, planned and and it's all canceled and all that revenue we lose out on. so so right. those types of businesses for sure i think the beauty of being a real estate investor and agent is the flexibility that this gives us to operate work, working from home etc a lot of people are asking about the state of the market i would say the call that jeff and i did last week is on investorshift.com that was extremely focused on on what's going to happen what we believe is going to happen in the market the next couple months And throughout the rest of the year. And yes, it's you know, it's optimistic from a real estate investor perspective because there will be more opportunity. Like clearly, if we just look at the way the world was running and what happened, there will be more opportunity to purchase discounted real estate. There's no question. We beg you to find the opportunity in the people and not just the numbers. It's not just going to be how much money you can make on every property you buy or buying when the market is low, because I believe the market will, will in certain areas, maybe maybe many or even all areas, will will come down. There will be more foreclosures, for example, uh, you know, in 2021 then, yeah. than there was in 2019. So there's gonna be a few months of a delayed reaction here, but now's the time to get better, to learn, to educate yourself. Uh, if you are a RealFlow user, so if you use our software, uh, We've unlocked all the courses inside of our software for all of our users. So so realflow.com, R-E-A-L-E-F-L-O-W.com, that is our company. That's our software platform, the largest software platform in the country for residential real estate investors. Um, We've been in business since 2006, and we have incredible tools to help you grow a business. And we're noticing more people sign up by the day, not, not dramatically more, but we thought we might see a little dip, it's actually re- reversed. I think people are at home, they're realizing that they have an incredible opportunity over the next 12 to 18 months to change the financial direction for their family, for their future. And so all the courses are unlocked inside the system. Um, but I think that's a big deal. One of, the, one of the best courses from a business perspective is called Entrepreneurial Speed Training. Um, that is in the system. I would go through that thing first. Um, Jeff, what about private money lenders? Okay, like that's a great question because some people, many people, I'm surprised, are saying, "Hey, we've been at we're active private money lenders since last year or since 2012." Would 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 they be able to apply for any of these tax relief programs?
3: <laughs> oh boy! That's um, probably not, because lending generates interest income, which is not subject to self-employment tax. So unless you've got a big enough operation, like a couple of my clients do, where they actually have staff that they pay us paycheck to, yeah, that entity can go ahead and for for covering the payroll for those staff. But if you're the guy that's doing private lending, like I do it with my own resources, my own time and so on, and I don't have a full-time operation doing it. No, you're not you don't you don't have that setback. Instead, you've got a golden opportunity. Let me explain, if you've got actual real legitimate money to lend, this is the best time to be a savvy, educated private lender, because so much of the other money has left the market. And this is where you can now be funding legit quality deals with people that know what they're doing or are getting a property at a good price. This is, this gonna- is great time for you.
0: Jeff, so we've, we've answered questions for about a half hour. This is going to be the last one. I will say we have a lot of questions, so I'm going to have my team try to organize these questions from today's call and from last week's call. And we're going to try to make like a like an FAQ resource where you guys can just get, you know, direct answers to direct questions. Um, But but there there are questions wondering about private lenders. And, And I remember even last week we didn't get to this, but people are asking if private lenders, if there's still going to be money out there because the stock market is depressed. So private lenders, this one person talked to their private lender and they said, hey, I'm going to actually put my money in the stock market. So so I want you to think think strategically here for a second. What this person is saying to you, the investor, is not I'm going to put my money in the stock market. They're saying I'm very right, very intelligently going to try to get a better return than eight or 10% that you're paying me. That's what they're saying. They're not saying they like to be in the stock market because that's crazy because nobody likes to be in the stock market. They like the returns the stock market generates, but they don't like the roller coaster, the emotional roller coaster. That's like so- somebody saying they like to be a cryptocurrency investor, right? Um, that's not true. Nobody could like that, especially today. You can't like it. You like the potential of it, okay? So I would urge you to think a little bit differently. Instead of paying your private lenders 8%, Maybe this next 12 months you're going to have to pay 12%. Maybe you're going to have to take them in as a partner on the deal. There will be better deals. Now's not the time to cut, 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 cut relationships, burn bridges. Now's the time to get creative as an investor. Talk to people with money, and basically explain them. Okay, if you don't typically I pay 8%, you know, um, you know, if if you, right, that's not high enough, what what about 10? What about 11? What about 12.5? What if I cut you in for 25% of the profit on this deal? And I don't pay you a percentage at all. But you know, I'm estimating we're gonna make 50 grand on this deal. So I'll pay you 12 grand, 12.5 in you know, in profits and right in interest. Or Um, I give you a mixture, I give you a
3: guarantee of 7% plus 10% of the net profits. What you negotiate? But here's the beauty of private lenders: you can have an eyeball to eyeball conversation with them, and I'm thinking when you're talking about this, I'm thinking about there's three guys that I know in the private lending space that I make sure I'm in touch with every week. Jeff, Ron, and Larry. I'm in cons- I'm in regular contact with those three guys because with them, we do a lot of private lending and it's the relationship that matters. And it's, yeah. Hey, how are we doing? How do you feel? What are you hearing? What's going on? And we're communicating because that gives us a greater sense of rapport okay just like m- most of my most of my clients outside of you know other than real flow i'm still in touch with a lot of them okay as to what's happening in their market you know guys in florida guys in ohio guys in texas elsewhere what's going on how can i help what what are you seeing things like that jeff says communicate, a shrewd, communi- communicate.
0: you're a shrewd, shrewd negotiator jeff so when we set real flow up years ago Instead of me paying you your hourly rate, you took a percentage of the company. And that was maybe the smartest financial decision. I don't know about the smartest, but one of well, the smartest financial decisions you've ever made.
3: We'll see. The 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 billable hours that I've racked up that I haven't been paid on <laughs> compared to the value of the company. Mm, it's you know, we'll see, man. We'll see. So we're gonna um, end
0: on that note. We appreciate you guys ju- yeah. jumping on the call again but tomorrow's call. Uh I
3: got, I got one thing I want to say, and I know Don does too. Greg, you alluded to it. You and I co-founded RealFlow in 2006. And so folks, listen to me carefully. If you've been around any length of time, you know that 2006 was the beginning. We didn't realize it of what became 2008 through 2010. flow was built and grew during that time. The same guys that founded that company are running that company. We've been here before. We're talking to you now, giving you our heart, our soul, our minds, our information, our love. Respect that, understand it, and treasure it for as best you can. Thank
0: you for letting me say that. Awesome, Jeff. Thanks. Don, are you on, Don? Yeah, I don't hear it, Don. Okay, so we'll sign off now, guys. Be, be on the lookout for an email from us, and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks.
1: Peace, I'm out. Wow, guys, welcome back. That was a fantastic webinar. The knowledge bombs were just crazy being dropped in there. I love how Jeff, he just got real and started talking about that your tenants need as much help as anybody does during this difficult time. And it's not an us against them mentality, it's an us in this together mentality. So when he said, let's go to the tenants and say, what can I do for you? What if I cut your rent in half this month? Would that help? What can we do? Can we wait until we maybe get some stimulus money in? Would that help? Remember, everyone has enough things to worry about right now without worrying more about all that's happening with their rent and their tenants and evictions and everything else. So every week now, Greg is going to be bringing these webinars. And with that, he's gonna be bringing different guests because there is clearly a shift in the marketplace. And that brings me to investorshift.com. That's actually a real flow website that they have put up that's absolutely free to anybody. And you're gonna love it because they give you up-to-date information all the time on what's happening before, what's happening now, and where the future is going to go. So don't forget to join us next week. Greg's going to have some tremendous guests on there. It's going to be absolutely amazing. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm Rob the House Guy, the host of REI Roundtable, coming live from the homestead today. And I cannot wait to see you next week. Stay healthy. This episode is
0: brought to you by RealFlow, the smart way to invest in real estate all the tools you need to automate lead generation and marketing. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to leave us a review and subscribe.